Welcome to Straight Up Small Business, the podcast for startup and scaling up entrepreneurs who are ready to take their business to the next level of profit. I'm Beck Buchanan, an accountant turned virtual bookkeeping business owner. I'm super passionate about small business and helping entrepreneurs fall in love with their numbers in order to achieve their goals. If you ever feel confused, unsure, or overwhelmed about the financial side of your business, then you've come to the right place. This podcast covers bookkeeping, finance, and small business topics discussed in a straight-up way. My goal for each bite-sized episode is to inform and inspire you to make the next best decision in your business, backed by financial know-how, so you can create the business of your dreams. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any of my latest episodes, and let's dive in. Before we kick off, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the Bundjalung Nation, whose country I am on while recording this episode. I respect their elders from the past, present, and those emerging as the traditional custodians of this beautiful land. So wherever you're listening to this today, I acknowledge the lands on which you are and those First Nations people who lived and worked there for over 70,000 years. Hello and welcome to the Straight Up Small Business Podcast. Today on the podcast, I have a very special guest. Her name is Amy Robertson Thrift and she is on my team at Straight Up Bookkeeping. Amy came to the team last August in 2022 when I was looking for another team member, but even more importantly, at the time, I had just decided to take Straight Up Bookkeeping into the direction of becoming a certified B Corp business. So B Corp, for those that don't know, means essentially a business that's held to the highest standards of social and environmental performance, among many other stringent factors. And so it's a really big undertaking. And I knew I needed someone in the business to drive that for us. And Amy landed in my inbox saying that she just finished her bookkeeping qualifications and was looking for a role, but also that she had a very big interest in sustainability. I felt like all my problems had been answered at once and Amy joined our team and she has been so incredible in moving so much for our business forward on the sustainability front, but also as an amazing client manager. Amy, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here today. We're going to talk all about sustainability, aren't we? We are. Yeah, there's so much to talk about. We'll keep it back to basics. You know, it's a big space. There's a lot to get your head around, but there's also lots of really exciting things to get into. So it's obviously I'm a big nerd about sustainability. I could go on forever, but yeah, it's exciting. Well, yeah, it is a big space and I should probably give a bit of a background to why this episode has come about. It's because someone posted on my Instagram a couple of months ago that it would be great if you did a podcast episode on how to run a sustainable small business or at least give some tips. And so I thought, well, Amy's the person to come on and give some tips. So today we're going to run through five tips that are hopefully going to be helpful for our listeners Maybe we can start at the point of, do you need to be a sustainability specialist to be a sustainability manager in a business? Or what's your background, Amy, and why are you perfect for this role? Uh, You definitely don't need to be an expert. You don't need to have a background. So I only really started getting into the space a few years ago, and I've heard this quite a bit lately, 
that it was the January 2020 bushfires. That was the big catalyst. People had sort of had it in the back of their mind that they could be doing more around, you know, recycling at home and using less water and that sort of thing. But that was the big wake up call for a lot of people, I think, that sort of went, actually, this is huge. It's happening. We need to do what we can to mitigate it. And it's going to take everyone on a personal level, on a business level, on a political level. It's a big scale sort of thing. So I, as I tend to do, went on a big deep dive into it and it did seem pretty overwhelming to begin with. There was a lot of doom and gloom at that time. There was a lot of, the space was quite negative back then. It was a lot of you know, making you feel bad if you were doing the wrong thing. A lot of, there's a lot of shame and a lot of negativity around it. But now I think that more and more people are getting on board. There's a lot more hope and inspiration and positive type messaging around it in that we all do have the potential to change what we're doing and change what big business is doing. You know, it's the pressure that we put on businesses with our purchasing power and things like that. And I think that's why a lot of businesses are getting into this space. That's what their customers want to see. It's what their clients want to see. There is a lot of messaging around sustainability now from business and corporations and things. So it's obviously what people want, but it's working. I think we're moving in the right direction with what feels like at speed now. I think it's stalled for a long, long time. And now it feels like we're gaining momentum and we're getting somewhere. Well, I would say, I mean, I've always been somewhat, sounds bad to say this, but somewhat interested in this space. I've been a a lifelong vegetarian because it was partly for environmental, but mainly just because of the animals. When I was a little kid, I was like, I don't want to, you know, eat animals sort of thing. I've always been interested in that space. And then in more recent years, obviously caring very much about the environment and what we're learning. Um, But I guess in terms of a business perspective, I've been really influenced by a lot of our clients who are either B Corp or running very sustainably minded businesses. They may not have the certification, but certainly their supply chain is very sustainable and, you know, they're donating or not-for-profit entities. One of our more recent clients, actually, who I will interview in a few weeks, um, Natalie from Compass Studio, when she came on board, she really grilled us on how ethics and sustainability measures. And it really opened my eyes up to, wow, I know we're doing so much good, but I don't have this readily available to prove to you. And I also know there's more we could be doing. So that was quite a big interview for me to try and prove that straight up bookkeeping is a great ethical and sustainable business. But it was also the catalyst for we can do better. And let's really focus on this because these are the kind of clients that I would love to work with that are trying to make the world a better place. And here we are today. But I guess my point is it's a ripple effect. And that's why I seem to be talking about it a lot these days or trying to talk about it. I've invited you on to talk about it today. We're posting about it on Instagram because we want to have that ripple effect on others too. Uh, Because at the end of the day, this isn't a competitive or might be a competitive advantage, but this is a world advantage if we can all do better and be better. So here's to good business. On that note, let's launch into some practical tips that small businesses out there who are just thinking about this for the first time and not knowing where to start, what are some tips we can give them to make their business more sustainable? Yeah, and that's really important too. You don't it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You don't have to launch into certifications and those sorts of things. You can start with 
basic daily operations in your business. And that's across all industries. I've seen so many different industries, ones that you wouldn't expect that are coming up with all sorts of incredible innovations. So start where you are. So look at your day-to-day operations, your weekly operations, and set a couple of goals. So they don't have to be huge to start with. B Corp do offer a B impact assessment and you don't have to be looking at going down that path to take the assessment and that can be a good baseline. It asks lots of questions. And do you access this online? Just for those that don't know, would you go to the B Corp website and it's got an impact assessment tab or something? You can just Google B impact assessment and it will come up. Just start your assessment. You don't have to have an account. You just log in and it just assesses your impact. And it's across five different areas. So governance, workers, community, environment, and customers. And it just gives you a baseline of where you can make improvements. So yeah, with the B impact assessment, we did that. And it can be, what it does is it gives you a ranking of points, I guess. And to go for B Corp accreditation, you need to be at 80. But if you do the impact assessment, you might find that you are way below 80. I'm thinking maybe even 20 or 30 points. And that's very normal. To get up near 80, you have to be doing some serious initiatives. So I think just if you do do the B impact assessment, be easy on yourself. It doesn't mean you're a terrible environmental steward or anything like that if you have a, um, a low number. I think the main benefit of the impact assessment is learning about what you could be doing and then thinking, does this resonate with me? Do I want to donate to these charities that are listed as an option here? Do I want to make sure I have a female-founded business forevermore? Because you get points for that because of uh, gender equity issues, etc. So I think it can just instill in you ideas of where you want to take your business and other things that are just a definite no, I will never go there, um, which is what I found with some of the questions as we were going through it for us. So yeah, the B impact assessment in summary, you don't need to be going for B Corp certification. It can just be a great gauge of where you're at and where you want to go. Yeah. And can I just add to that? So the point of the B impact assessment too, is so that we're not just ticking boxes and then leaving it. You are meant to use it to continue to improve your scores every year. So it's not about sticking a label on your business and saying, right, we are fair trade. We are you know, a 1% for the planet member, you are supposed to keep improving your score every year and keep incorporating ideas into business to make sure that you are doing everything you can. And you, if you do go down the path of the Corp certification, you have to recertify every three years. So it's not a set and forget type of thing. Again, outside of the B Corp certification, you can keep using that assessment to keep improving your score. So it's about continuous improvement. So assessment done, what's something else we could help small businesses as an idea to make themselves more sustainable? Yeah. So the second tip I have is to find a team. So ideally someone within your business just to help share the workload. You and I have spent lots of time in this space rewriting policies and procedures manuals and employee handbooks and So it is a lot of time, a lot of money to change big picture things. You can also find somebody within your industry. There are people within every industry doing all sorts of incredible things. So I've seen in the building space, there are recycling centers where you can take recycled building materials. In hospitality, there are food waste organizations, you know, picking up food that might go to waste. There are 
clothing and textiles and fashion retail, those sorts of things. Like every space has got some pretty great programs and people doing some incredible things. So it doesn't have to be somebody within your organization, but in saying that, you don't necessarily have to find a sustainability manager within your organization. You can find somebody who's got a passion for, you know, they might volunteer with a charity and you can look at doing some pro bono work with them. You might have somebody who volunteers for land care. You can do a team tree planting day. You can just use the resources that you have available. So your team will have different interests and different passions and just ask them how they'd like to be involved, if they'd like to be involved. And then again, look within your industry for other people doing these sorts of things. There are some great books and resources, some incredible people on social media to follow. So follow some people in in that space. Follow other industry players who are moving in those sorts of areas that you want to be involved in. And then, you know, you've got the potential to collaborate with those people as well. It doesn't have to be an individual. As the business owner, you've already got enough on your plate. You don't have to then also be your sustainability manager and trying to offer all of these um, pro bono programs and volunteer days and doing it all on your own. It's Yeah, I think that comes into starting where you are and then having someone to represent your business in this space if you choose to go down this path with a bit more gusto than just a thought bubble. Um, For us, because we're so busy with the bookkeeping, I knew I wanted to go down this um, route, but I had no spare hours in the week, which is why hiring you was perfect because your KPIs are to drive this forward. So it keeps me accountable. But if you have space in your week as a business owner, and this is a passion of yours, then just maybe carving out two hours or three hours a week to solely work on sustainability, but whether it be researching, signing up to emails that are going to, like we get a lot of emails from sustainability organizations that help us to have ideas such as, gosh, I can't think of any at the moment other than Trace. What are some others that we get, Amy? Remind me. I sign up to, so I get a newsletter from Marnie Horson, who is a photographer and she always has, so I think every newsletter is three tips on sustainability and she, there's some great ones in there. Some that aren't relevant to our particular industry, but just some really incredible initiatives and ideas. Amantha Inbar is another one, Inventium. So they've been around for a long time. They've been a B Corp for a long time. They were sort of one of the first in Australia to become a B Corp, but then also to incorporate things like four-day work weeks. And so they do some really interesting things. And that's the thing. There's so much in this space. It's not just going paperless in your office. There's so many things that you can incorporate in terms of employee well-being and giving back to your community and there are going to be lots of things that will take your interest. Yeah. So just carving out time to find those things and not, yeah, feeling overwhelmed um, by it all. And just being open to it as well. You know, you're going to find lots of ideas that will pique your interest. Find the ones that you're really interested in incorporating into your business and the ones that you can feasibly do and sustainably do. You have to be able to run a business as well. Yeah. Great. Okay. So find a team or some, be it you It doesn't need to be a team as such, but someone to represent your business in the sustainability space and dedicate time to researching and learning and implementing. What's tip number three? Tip number three, and this is a specific one, is change your banking and or your default employee super fund. Um, So we switched over to Bank Australia 
I personally do all of my personal banking with them as well. They're amazing, but there are quite a few B Corp banks out there at the moment. And what that means is that you are not investing your money in banks that might also be investing in fossil fuels and gambling and tobacco and things like that. So it's just a, a really simple, when I say simple, obviously it's a little bit painful changing banks, but it's an easy way to just make sure that your money is not going towards um, things that you might not want to be invested in. And then once it's done, it's a sort of set and forget type thing. Actually, I was on Bank Australia's website yesterday and they've got like some of their marketing material on the website is some video around about being careful who you bank with and who your money goes. It's quite emotional <laughs> looking at it. Um, so yeah, it's by the time this podcast goes live, I'm sure that um, video will still be up there. So maybe go and have a look. Um, but that's not to guilt anyone. I am a big four bank ex-employee and I loved working there and I actually found the bank I worked at extremely incredible for women's issues and gender equity and it was just all around good place. So this isn't bank bashing. Um, I think it's, this is just making sure if this interests you <laughs> that perhaps there's a better bank or a better super fund, if that's something you are able to make a choice on to put your money where your mouth is, so to speak. And all of those companies are doing some incredible things. Again, it comes back to the pressure from clients and customers to get them to grow that extra step that bit further I think it was I saw Australian Ethical yesterday the super fund is divesting from a developer who they've spent four years negotiating with on a particular development that puts koala habitat at risk and they couldn't come to the party on it so they've decided to divest entirely from that developer so it's that sort of pressure that will make these big corporations and things start taking those particular concerns more seriously. I think everyone wants to do the right thing, but until that pressure is there to do it, there's not enough incentives. So changing your banks and changing your super funds and things just sends the message that these are things that are important to you. And once there is enough pressure, everyone will get on board, I think. Okay, great. And what's tip number four? Uh, so tip number four is look at your physical operations. So if you've got the option to work remotely, to have a remote office, our entire business is run remotely. We're a paperless office. We've actually produced a guidebook for sustainable home offices. So in terms of suppliers, in terms of electricity use and water use and those sorts of things, it's cutting down your physical waste. So uh, if you do ship product, look at compostable packaging options. There are some great companies out there now, recyclable, compostable packaging. There are some great options for recycling materials. Like I was saying, if you're a builder, if you're in hospitality, cutting down on your waste. Obviously, there are going to be, there are going to be some byproduct of any business you look at offsetting your emissions for anything that you must use. So we recently did this with Trace and you actually went and offset 150% of your carbon emissions. So they make it really easy to calculate how much you're using and then they give you a dollar figure on offsetting that and you can quite easily see where those offsets go. So what projects that they use to offset your emissions. So 
there's been a bit in the press lately about offsetting. It's obviously not ideal. You want to cut back on your waste as much as you can. So look at those other options first, but then for anything that you must use, look at yeah how you can offset the emissions really. Yeah, joining Trace was a breakthrough because as I'm sure a lot of people will feel if they've started looking at these um, sorts of things, is it, it can feel really overwhelming. Where do I start? So going with an organization like Trace just really helps you to overcome the overwhelm or not knowing how to do it yourself because they do it for you. All you need to do is look at your electricity bills and your water bills and other data points, put them into a platform and then Trace gives you the solution, which for a remote business like ours wasn't even too expensive. Um, so we feel really good about being carbon neutral and I do historically love to print to be honest Um, sometimes the numbers I just work better with them in front of me but since we've put in place our policy of zero waste I mean I won't say I've never printed but you really think twice before pressing print and it's just raising that awareness of who are we what are we about and do I want to be doing this thing that I used to do with no thought behind it versus who we are now, which is a fully sustainable, good for the planet, remote working office. Yeah. And change always feels hard to begin with. Once you incorporate it, it just becomes the way you've always done things. It gets easier. (laughs) Okay. What can we wrap up with our last point to help small businesses on their sustainability journey? My last point is to think locally. So using local suppliers not only cuts down on your travel emissions, but it builds community. So where can you support other local small business? Obviously, we love small business. We want to support them anyway. But if you are a small business supporting other small businesses around you, you're building that community, you're building that support network. You've got the potential for working together on initiatives or, I mean, I hate the word networking, but just having that network around you just as a support. But using local suppliers means you are lifting other businesses along with you and together you can get more done. Yeah, we've just gotten used to looking outward for everything. We've had the world at our fingertips for so long, but we've lost that sense of community and I think Going back to our local businesses and networks is, I think we all did it during lockdowns and things. We were all supporting our local restaurants and our local news agents and businesses and and things. And, And I think we were missing that for a long time. So I would really encourage people to start building up their communities and working together to see what can be achieved. And if you've got spread out workers like we do, I've got a virtual assistant over in Western Australia in a rural town. I've got staff in Sydney and Camden. It can just be the communities of where these people are as well. Like my head office, I'm in the head office of Straight Up Bookkeeping and we're in the Tweed Shire. So I'm close to Byron, which is nice because there's so many good gifts that come out of there, you know, when we're sending gifts to clients or for Christmas or what have you. But even if there was something in the local communities of the team that made sense for the business to be involved with and that would work as well. Actually, this weekend coming up, there's a Surf for Sanity event in Cabarita and Straight Up Bookkeeping is sponsoring a women's surf team for that. So it's not a bookkeeping play. I don't know that there's any uh, creative industries that need our bookkeeping services in Cabarita, but it's just lifting female surfing up because it's the first time female surfers have actually competed against each other in this event. So it just felt really aligned 
one because I'm an interest I'm interested in surfing these days but also um just raising the female profile across the world and gender equality as I've mentioned a few times on this episode but yeah it feels really good and heartwarming to be more involved in in the community even if a lot of our supply chain in business these days is global companies like you know we use zero we use carbon we use ignition we use practice protect all these things I mean we can't avoid they're not going to come out of our local community but where there's opportunity to buy locally to be involved locally then yeah we definitely recommend you get involved yeah and I think the beauty of having a remote team is that there are several communities we get to support so we're building communities in a few different places it's I mean, it's not quite your point, but even we've brought in paid volunteer days for every staff member where you can choose where you want to spend your 7.6 hours or eight hours of work time in your local community with whatever lights you up, which is a beautiful addition to our business this year. All right, Amy, well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing those five tips. I look forward to seeing where we take our business and I hope there's other small business listeners that are inspired to go and move their sustainable measures forward in their own worlds. Thank you, Beth. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening in today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, I'd be so grateful if you left a review. And if you're not already, please connect with me on Instagram. My handle is straight up underscore bookkeeping. And if you'd like to know more about how I can help you be successful in running your small business, please check out my website, straightupbookkeeping.com.au for details around my signature bookkeeping and zero course, Bookkeeping It Real, and also my done for you bookkeeping services. Thanks again and see you next week.